everybody. This is another episode of Innovation Crush. My name is Chris Denson. Uh, I now I messed it up. You go, go for it. Go well, for it. Just, I can't. Just, I can't do it now. Chris. Hey, everybody, welcome. This is another episode of Innovation Crush. Innovation Crush. Um, that was my trusty steed, Robert oh. Donez Jr. That's me. You're such a reliable person, man. Thank, thank I, you. I enjoy you. Um, uh, I think I said my name already, but um, as you guys know, this is a show where we look at some of the best people and products and coolness that's going on in the marketplace. And uh, our guest today probably doesn't get any cooler, especially with that jacket. I love that. I appreciate it. Super a lot cool. of studs. Is, uh, yeah, studs. <laughs> There's a lot of studs on this show, too, by the way, just so. so oh, you, yeah, you're a good I'm company. That. Oh, exactly. Well, two and a half. Three, three if you count it. <laughs> yeah, three if you, if you. I was counting me as a half. Oh. Um, but Shira Lazar. Thank you. I appreciate Appreciate it. Uh, I was waiting for like the fake clapping. Yeah. Oh no, there's no. We don't have any applause button. We don't have. We don't have what's trending budgets. We just got. Okay, I have enough enough studs around me. Uh, so what's going on with your ear? Uh, you, I pierced the lobe of my ear. I did that lobe piercing right before the holidays. I was with my makeup artist and my rocker sound engineer, and it was like the last night of work, and we had some drinks in this Mexican joint. We're talking about piercings. We're like, yeah, let's go get some ear piercings. We're so hardcore. <laughs> and when I got them, people were like, what are you, like circa high school? Like, like I'm doing these experimental piercings that people would do when they were like in ninth grade. It was a really big deal. Nice. Um, so... Uh, did everybody get one or just you? They got some others like in their ear. I don't hmm. know. It was nothing crazy. We did ear piercings. Got it. It was really hardcore. <laughs> but then this one of the lobe, it still hurts a bit. We it's actually very me, fragile. You make me want to wear my headphones a little cooler because you got it over one ear. I have to be careful know. not to put anything on it, you know. Nice. But uh, I guess it's cool. And they're expensive. Earrings are expensive. Like real ones, if you're not going to go get the cheapo ones. I get all mine from Claire's. You don't want to go and put like weird stuff in your ears. And then plugs. Oh, yeah. Well, that's hardcore. They're they're cheaper. Yeah. Are they cheaper? They're they're more affordable. But but are you going to go bigger? What are you doing with those? Are you you staying the same gauge? No, I'm not going to go bigger. No, but your lobes are so cute. Don't do anything. You mean manly. (laughs) Manly. Like, I don't know. It's something about like, I, I don't know. I feel like lobes are so sweet. And like when I see people that put those plugs in, they're so huge. I know it's like a look. I'm like, but your poor little ears. Your parents are like, but they were so innocent losing ears. <laughs> and then you look what you're doing to them. Exactly. Uh, but I, you know, anyway, so I got this. And you have to be careful because it can get infected. Right. Anyway. Well, Anywho, let's move so, on. So uh, along those lines, what is trending? This right now, <laughs> obviously. Innovation crush. Uh, uh, yeah, we're, you know, we're excited in 2014 uh, to be growing. You know, May, uh, what's trending launched in May of 2011. So we've been around for like two and a half years or so. Right. I'm like, am I doing the right math? Yeah, because it's almost going to be three, three years. Yeah, got it. Uh, and the landscape has changed so much since we launched. When we launched, we were much more broad social media. We were meant to be, you know, a, a broadcast quality show with the authenticity and interactivity of the web. And it was when hashtags and social media stars were right. just like starting to be used in mainstream press. And when I even started pitching it, people thought it was a fashion show. That's how much what's trending Uh-oh, wasn't really yeah. used. Nobody could even fathom like, what, what you meant. Exactly. And now, you know, obviously YouTube is taking over as a video platform and then the stars around it. And we saw spikes as we were developing the show and launching it, spikes in traffic when YouTube started we're on we covered YouTube centric subjects or videos and we're like maybe there isn't something like everyone's calling these hashtags like yeah. it just feels like such a throwaway thing and and it, it, it's like the flavor of the year like let's talk about uh, tweets and social media <laughs> stuff which is fun to see on blogs or articles yeah. like do we need a video property necessarily going through that there's ways to do it 
Um, and so when we tapped into YouTube in August 2012, we became part of their innovation fund. Right. We went daily, exclusive on YouTube, and really focused on creating content for that audience and that platform. And it's interesting because now as we built that foundation and the model, uh, there's more of a model on YouTube than there was before. Right. Now it's funny because we're trying to now broaden back out and say, yeah. okay, now we own the IP of What's Trending, which is a valuable brand, what that represents to this generation, I think media at large. So now how do we develop our .com, our app, TV properties, yeah. you know, syndicate, do other distribution? Now, how, I, I, I think there's a perception of what it means to be a YouTube creator, if you will. Yeah. Um, like how big is your team you know, and what kind of, because you mentioned a lot of initiatives in terms of Yeah, but growth. we're also, I mean, there's so many different types of ways to look at YouTube and channels. Sure. There's the creator, who sometimes is an individual who started on their own as a passion, grew an audience organically, and now they're either joining a network to help them with that production to scale it up, to bring more quality to it, and they're making by themselves through the partner program a lot of money. That's the 1% because they're just getting millions of views a day. Right. And, um, then there are... 1% of a very, very large number. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but, like if, but if you look at... I look at any other media like Hollywood or music sure. and you look at the people that succeed and that are actually making money and that's 1% of a lot how many people trying it right. in, around the world so I think it's like not that different right but be, yeah. but because we're like but it's so accessible and this that so like 1% only making it what the hell so, but look at the percentages over time in any sort of model that's true I mean it just the way it is only 1% of people are made to be rock stars no I'm kidding it's all about what's on the inside hold on 1% of people listen, wear this jacket listen to your mom <laughs> <laughs> Your mom loves you. <laughs> so um, then there's the obviously the brands that started on YouTube. And I would say and then there's the Phil DeFranco's then built a business. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And w was really smart about it. Um, and then, you know, and the Felicia days who had Geek and Sundry. And then there's business minded folks who um, had maybe a show or their own channel and decided to grow it out and be smart about it. And um, some of them got acquired like Smosh right. with Alloy, which is now. They merged with Break uh, yeah. to be Defy Media. I was like going into my major archive <laughs> of press that I saw. In so the how past how were you primed for this? Right, like you know, you go back to 2011. What was happening up until 2010 with you that you go, you know, uh, just historically? Well, for me, I came at an interesting time because I did not grow up with YouTube around. I grew up looking at you know news magazines, talk shows. I grew up in Montreal, so we had much music instead of MTV. And for me, I loved broad You're Canadian. Yeah, sorry. I'm, do you want me to? Robert, why didn't you tell me this? <laughs> I, I thought it was in the notes. <laughs> I'm legal, so no marriages will be happening here. Don't get your hopes up. Oh man. <laughs> so for me, I grew up. I loved broadcasting and interviewing people. And I came at a time where either I could go the traditional route and go do news affiliates and work my way up the markets. That was a definitive route or I could build my reel and try out for the MTVs and the E's. And I did that. I went through that ringer and I had an agent. Uh, and so when I graduated Emerson, I, I got a job quickly and I was working on a local show in Vegas with Sheena Easton and Brian McKnight. Very random. That is so I was right? booking, yeah, but I had a knack for booking people, but they also, they knew I wanted to be on air, so they let me do some red carpets. And so I had this turning point where I was like, I'm going to either pursue production fully and be that person who's like bitter about my job who really wants to be on camera, right. or just pursue on camera and stop taking these jobs. And so I decided to do that 
because I really felt like I would get adrenaline rushes when I was interviewing people and I was on camera and I go, this is what I want to do. But it happened that my producing abilities actually helped me and made me more valuable. And so my, one of my first jobs was wireimage.com as their, you know, when they launched their video yeah. uh, section and division. And I was on the part of the red carpet where we weren't with the TV stations or networks or shows. I was with all the other web folks and we were at the ends. We had a lot of time to talk to each other, get to know each other before any celebrities right. came to our so side. So what are you going to do after this? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh, you have the dog movie buzz online.com. Was that a hard URL to get? <laughs> what other URLs did so, you yeah. What Do you use QuickTime? How long is your buffering on your site? So I, you know, YouTube wasn't as much around and so I started working for every major website became like a go-to and I was like yahoo.com movies.com hollywood.com Verizon Vcast and it became a bit of a specialty where it was also the time where startups were just starting to come here and there were a lot of these meetups twist up had just started way back this is like the heyday of Silicon it was before Silicon Beach okay (laughs) okay all you people how do you feel about Silicon Beach right like I mean it, I mean, it doesn't really get mixed reviews, but there are some mixed I reviews. I think that's fine. I mean, I think it's awesome that finally we're in a city that, while well, a lot of people look at it as Hollywood and super superficial, I always looked at it as I would meet really incredible people here. And mm-hmm. because I was hanging out in the startup world here, I saw a side of L.A. that a lot of people didn't see. And for me, I grew up with entrepreneurs. And so while I was always into entertainment and performance, there was a part of me that really was really inspired by the entrepreneurs around. And it was cool to finally see it in the city instead of me having to go to the valley to feel like I was having these conversations about right. stuff beyond like random projects and shooting and auditions and all that. And I really believed in brand building. Like when I when I was starting out, like in two thousand four, I had my own dot com. Right. It's before blogging and what was it and called? Blog, Sheerlazar.com. Oh, okay. I mean my own, but meaning the idea of building the brand of me. Super creative. Yeah, I know. Okay. <laughs> Incorporated. Um, the the idea of building the brand of me wasn't like it didn't really exist, and I would meet with executive producers of shows, and at the time I started to video blog, I was getting hired to do these all these high quality videos. But for me, I thought what was interesting was what happens in between the times you're recording, the publicists that don't talk to you, the randomness, the waiting, the chaos. And it was obviously expensive to go live. And I guess phones just started to have apps so you could upload to different sites. And even YouTube until like last year had their app figured out. (laughs) Uh, And so I started doing that and then I would would approach executive producers of shows and say to them, oh, you know, I'm doing something really interesting. They're like, what do you bring to the table that's different? I go, well, I do these vlogs with my phone on the go. You can go to my site. They're like, who's paying you for that? I was like, paying me? I mean, I'm doing it for myself. Like, it's a practice in brand building. They're like, I have no idea what the value you're talking about. (laughs) But that's, I mean, that's that's also interesting because, you know, when you talk to creatives or talent or even a, you know, a musician or whatever and they want to play the guitar, right? They want to play their guitar and, and just do their craft. They don't want to be the business person behind it, right? You you had this wherewithal to sort of ha, you know have a business mind about you and also be an on-camera. Well, I think it's more that I was sick of waiting around for someone to give me permission to do what I love doing. I was like, that doesn't make sense. Like, and how am I going to get better at it if I don't practice? Right. So I found ways to practice my hobby on my own time, which if you look at any major person who become experts or 
leaders in their field, like, you know, the Steve Jobs of the Gates, and I, I'm sorry, I'm going to the extreme, but I read a lot of Malcolm Gladwell books. <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> Thin slicing, that's all I know about. And, you know, like, the stories of, like, the, the practice they did was on their own time. Right. Because they tapped into something that was they were curious about. And so I, I believe, though, in entertainment, we have this idea, like, you need to get a deal or a contract to really, that's when you're pro- a professional. And I was always like, right. no. When people ask me what I did, even if I didn't have a an MTV hosting job, I wasn't hosting TRL or E! News, I still said, I'm a host, I interview people, they're right. like, where? I'm like, different sites, I do this, <laughs> I do that, like, I'm building, hey. And they're like, okay. And now, it's like, now you you have to say what you what you want people to um, perceive you being, right? Yeah, you have to right. put it out there for yourself. Yeah, and, and, and if you don't establish that, then why should they believe it? Right. Perception is reality. And so I always made a statement of who I was, and that changed over time. You know, the, I had different filters as I developed. At first, you know, I was interviewing, and, and entertainment news was big, and then I got out of it and went back more into bridging the gap. And then I was like, maybe there's a position here. Like, right. I, I was always creating the positions. It wasn't like there was a job open for yeah, me. Yeah, no, exactly. And I was approaching news uh, newsrooms and a new station saying, I want to cover the beat of internet culture, digital did you find Did you find that that was kind of like a... You know, a, a difficult path because a lot of times when you let's say you run into somebody two years later, three years later, and you sort of change directions, like how yeah. did that how did that how did that affect the perception? Right? It, well, yeah, it, I was always known as the girl who had like all these gigs, and you know, and oh, where are you working now? Oh, you're such a hustler, but no one really knew what I was. And I think women, and specifically women that are on camera, or the vlogger girls, mm-hmm. that people have this idea. That you're just like, oh, you're just there to party and hang out and just hang out with people. Get ear piercings. Yeah, get ear piercings. (laughs) And also, I was surrounded by legitimately entrepreneurs that were creating huge companies. Right. And so it was like, oh, well, what do you do? Oh, you just like hang around these people. And I wanted to prove that I'm bringing value to the scenario. And it took it took a bit of time because it wasn't like the industry was ready. Like the media caught up with finally my interest in what I was doing, and ultimately I needed to create my own platform to really prove what I wanted to prove. And even now, I mean, people still wonder. Like, there's there's founders I know that maybe don't get entertainment or media, and they don't see the value because it's not a tech property or there's none engineering staff or all that, that type but of that's thing. What, I think that's with anything. Like, right, If you look at building a team around anything, it's, somebody's got to share the vision of what it is and not everybody's going to get that vision. Right? Yeah, but then, of course, then when they have something to sell or when they have like their, a YouTube video and their PR person's like, ah, have you been on what's trending? They're like, Shira? Oh yeah, she's my buddy. Oh yeah, she's doing like, that's what she covers. And they're like, what? Oh yeah, I knew you covered stuff, but like, didn't know you were nominated for an Emmy, and like, you guys are building, and now oh, I saw you in Ad Age, and this, that, and I'm like, yeah, you know, but it's okay. I don't take it personally. I mean, yeah. I get it. That's what's exciting about what we're doing is that not a lot of people did get it, and still some people might not. But that moment they do, you're like, yeah, whatever, it's fine. I've always been used to being that yeah. person that n- sometimes people didn't understand the room, and then they Google me, and after the fact, they're like, oh, you actually do interest. Oh, you're you do interesting stuff. Yeah. Like you're legit. And I'm like, what do you think? I wasn't, but they're like, a lot of people say the interview or they're on air yeah, or they no, do this or that. No, that's LA. Like that's LA. Like, you know, I had, a, I had a guy I met and he was like, he, I mean, our first meeting, he goes down this laundry list of things he's done. And I, he's one of my greatest friends to this day. Not you, Robert. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> um, but what, and you know, I'm like, yeah, yeah. Right. And so I knew somebody who knew he's like, Richard Belzer is my godfather among other things. I'm yeah. like, who, first of all, who cares? Secondly, <laughs> really? really? <laughs> um, and then I was able to verify it. And, and then everything else kind of fell into place. And that, I think that just that's just kind of like p- 
part of the LA entertainment story. That's, or that's anywhere. I feel like you expect the first thing you think about when someone tells you anything they do, you're like, you expect almost like the worst. <laughs> what do you do, Robert? Sometimes. Uh. <laughs> you just don't trust it unless you've heard of them or what they're doing. Right. And that, I mean, so that's been an interesting exercise as building what's trending from scratch from thin air. Right. And building it into a valuable property that community the community and audience take seriously even though we're a fun entertaining property yeah. but like as something real and legitimate and then also obviously advertisers we work with huge advertisers yeah. and if we look back at when we started like we think to ourselves we were selling air like the idea of starting something from scratch and like not necessarily being part of a huge organization and we were part of one at, uh, when we started but then going off on our own like I look back at every point, I'm like, wow, we had a lot of balls, and we still do. No, I have no like, shame. I'm like, no, don't mess with me. I I've been through the ring. <laughs> but and that's also, I mean, what are some of the what are some of the milestones, or did you even have any that you wanted to hit, or that you hit along the way that you're like, okay, cool, we, like let's take another couple steps forward, right? Because sometimes people, there's plenty of you YouTube can't plateau, channels. yeah. And yeah. it's all the thing is, we always looked at ourselves not just as a YouTube channel, even sure. though that audience and that community was so important. We saw the movement that was happening, and we wanted to be part of it. We didn't want to ignore it or get left out but ultimately then we realize as we're growing like we can't put all our eggs in that basket and we have a valuable IP and like why leave money on the table and why leave value and audience on the table and how do we be in people's faces so you're at the gas station and we're part of this thing called the Outcast Networks and you know we have what's trending at Coachella by the way what Outcast oh yeah that's that's the much (laughs) that's the cool band (laughs) Outcast Networks is like gas station TV who, uh, I know, I'm excited for them. That'll be a fun one. Uh, I love Coachella. <laughs> Sorry, but, um, no, but like, but the fact that people recognize, you know, you remind people about the brand wherever you are, right? And so that's part of building, like, uh, the brand exercise of building. What's the MTV for the next generation? Like, we look at what's trending as what MTV was to music videos, we are to YouTube videos and the culture around that, right? And that extends to so many places, and starts with curation, and then dives into original programming. But now, this day and age, like the fact is, we are connected to technology. So, how do we use tech to tell better stories, to you know, to connect people with content they love, yeah. and all that type of stuff? And you're, and I mean, because you've got sort of one foot in this entertainment, you know, circle, and then the other one in sort of the Silicon Beach tech environment. Yeah. Uh, especially from a startup perspective, what sorts of steps do you think are relevant from an entertainment side and growing a brand inside entertainment to growing a technology property, right? If, if I think it's always been the cliche answer would be like you think about tech and engineering versus when you're starting an entertainment brand, it's a lot of marketing and PR, mm-hmm. which is sometimes based on nothing, right? And so that's why sometimes the tech folks laugh at us. You're like, what is your company even? But at the same time, if you look at you know, valuations and all that. The same thing could be said about the yeah. startup world. Like, wh- who are you? You're not even, you haven't even launched. And you're like, you're worth right. 20 million? What the? F- <laughs> oh, so you had a Kickstarter campaign. Like, I had one, someone sent, sent to me, oh, I raised a uh, million dollars on Kickstarter. It was the buzz of the town. And like, now we already are, like, our valuation is like 12 million. And we're not, we're not even in beta. I was like, what? I Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah, it's like, uh, I, you know, and it, it's funny because there are so many startups, right? There's incubators, there's accelerators, there's, you know, mom and pops. There's some guy who, you know, got canned and like, but I'm I, gonna I also think this day and age, the problem is you see the, the bigger, more successful startups, they launch in within 
like 12 months, they're super successful, they have all this buzz, and I think everyone wants that turnaround. Right. And they don't see like the hard work and the grind, and that right. actually think it's okay to build over time and to take the, like, the slow burn. Like everyone thinks they need to turn things around so quickly and have like a $3 billion valuation and turn it down. <laughs> <laughs> to, to your point, um, do you want to talk about like how you guys kind of adjust your strategies? Like how you said at one point, you guys were kind of you know talking about YouTube and you know really thriving on that platform, and then yeah. kind of switching. We've had many shifts <laughs> and switches. I know. I mean, when we launched, we were with um, a net you know a network brand, their interactive division, and when overnight we split up, it was kind of that moment where like, do we stop or do we continue? We have a bit of money left in the bank. And we're like, no, we continue. We met with Mark Cuban that day, who, who's a confidant and mentor, I guess. <laughs> if you're listening, no, I've told him. No, I told him. I mean, I, t- I recently told him the story, and he was very, he he um, he was thought it was very nice, and he didn't even realize it affected me that, that we met with him for advice. And he goes, "Well, are you passionate about what you do, you're doing?" And we were like, "Yeah, if, if we weren't doing it, someone else would, or we'd be hired by someone else to do what we're doing." Right. And so he goes, then you continue. He's like, I've been in the news for this and this and that. I've lost this money, this money. You just continue. You're telling me you can't raise $50,000 to conti- like get this ball, the ball rolling to continue this? And my business partner and I are like, all right, I guess, you know, if he's telling us that we should, we should. You just like, let's go for it. Right. And so we continued. We went back out to market. We increased our audience. And we just literally kept our heads down and worked hard. And it was not about being in the press or doing like huge news stories. That? And that was in September of 2011. And I could have done like at the time, it was very public um, separation. And I was getting asked by like every big company and magazine, oh, let's do a profile story, this, that. And I decided I was just going to work hard. And that was going to um Stand the test of time. What's that like? Because we had an interesting guest on a couple of weeks ago who uh, was uh, the defensive coach for Michigan State University, and they won the Rose Bowl. And we were talking about like one of their star players who came from like a legacy family. Like right before the game, was like, "I can't play. I'm ineligible." There was substance found, and they had to keep it hushed up. But there was this whole idea of. The pressure you feel when publicly everybody knows a, a version of a story and then you've got to keep going. Like you said, keep your head, nose to the grind. Like what was what was just kind of walk us through the it was emotional hard. part it was of that a dark time. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm a very positive person. And it was the first time it was a very humbling experience, actually. And it's funny because before that happened in this weird kind of Jewish guilt thing, probably I did to myself. I was like, I've never I've never um, like been in a situation where I felt like I like it like what was the word oh my god this is like where the podcast should stop and you should no it won't (laughs) (laughs) this is live to tape (laughs) this will be on the on the no I've I've never been in a place where I was like alone moments where I was like I needed to survive and and like I I I feel like things were always so easy for me right so I and I almost felt guilty about that like I never had to fight like I, I always had to fight I mean listen I never had like huge jobs and this that but meaning like you know, I've never been in a place where I'm like, I really like needed to push to continue in that dark place and right. depressed. And I almost felt bad about that. Like, why well, haven't? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, well, but like, and so when this all happened, I go, oh, yeah, this is how it feels to be like thrown down. And I felt the guilt that I, I, I didn't have any stories to tell. Like, everyone's like, yeah, I was adopted or this happened or I, I had no money and I lost everything or my house burned to the ground and right, then I had to right. thrive. And those things give you character. Yeah. 
And for me, I almost felt guilty that I didn't have that. And so when this happened, I mean, not I look back and I don't regret anything. Yeah. I think it was important because one, it showed me how how strong I believed in what we were doing and myself, and it was also humbling to be grateful for everything, every moment. Like while we might go through crazy things and obstacles and we take everything sometimes too seriously and too personally and that right. you know there's some superficiality in that at the end of the day you need to step back and be like wow this is really cool that I'm thriving doing this I get to pay my rent yep. to pay my you know for my car eat well have great people around me have health all this type of stuff so you have a feeling of gratitude and when you have the foundation of gratitude like really anything is possible and then you also work so hard for it like so many people say it's not just obviously about the skill right but more than half of it is that hard work and working harder than anyone else to get through it. And I think that really tested us and people saw that grind we put in, like we put in the work. Was there they like respected a- that. They respected that we were able to shift, grow our audience, go back out to market and then we had case studies and we just continued, continued and then we started doing deals and when we realized there was a pivot to YouTube and we missed the $100 million fund, uh, we made that pivot, we made it happen. But we've always, you know, hard work has always um, really pushed us to the next level because it wasn't like we had millions of dollars yeah. in terms of an A round or this, that. And like even our seed round, it was always like we got that one opportunity. We took it. Yeah. It wasn't like we had like 10,000 opportunities and people like. You didn't have a bunch of doors to go knock back on. Yeah, but yeah. it was always like we thought something would happen. And then finally Bedrocket Media came on for a seed round. And, you know, even like Samsung, we built this awesome relationship with them. And we've just always been very hands-on in how we handle things and super creative and we just work our asses off. It's like we just live and breathe this 24-7. And I never feel guilty about that. Whenever someone comes to me, whether it be an employee or even, you know, my business partner and is like, oh, my God, I'm so drained. And you need to be aware when you're going to burn out. Right. But I go, listen, you know, embrace the madness. Like, one, I remember a time where I was – when I was so, you know, dark when – you know, we split yeah. up with that company. And now, if anything, we're freaking out because we're stressed out because of all yeah. these opportunities. Let's see how far we've come. And actually, let, let's enjoy this. But right? you're, but you're I'm also, not going to complain about all you, of it. When you talk about the 24-7, right? You, you're you naturally high energy. I am. I'm not sweating here. Uh, <laughs> no, I am. But I mean, I also grew up with entrepreneurs. Like, my stepdad has his office at home. Right. Um, my stepbrother has a clothing company. And he's like, and at every point... It's gone public. This that he's so hands on, and uh, and he doesn't complain about the fact that he works hard because it's just in him. This right. is what he wants, and if you're going to decide that this is it's what you want nature. out of your life, like, but if you're going to make a decision, this is what you want out of your life, then just own it. Don't complain about it. If you don't want it, then you just work for someone else, right? There's losses and yeah. wins to each scenario, and you need to see, you know, how you're gonna, you're going to win this scenario. And I feel like it's just a different perspective, right? Why was why was this so important to you to keep going? Because most times people will like find a second project or another iteration or start from scratch or do something else. Like why was this the thing you're like, I'm going to fight for this particular thing? Because I was sick of gigs and I was sick of like being hired for things that I ultimately felt didn't encapsulate everything I could bring to the table and everything I loved about this whole industry and what I was doing. And the only way to really do what I felt was possible and bring together everything that the the people weren't ready to fully embrace, like the model wasn't there yet, was just to do what we were doing. We saw enough success. Like for every time we had a, we, we had an obstacle, we would see a, like something else that like a little 
bit of something that would keep us going, whether it be like a call from an advertiser, an increase in our audience, a guess that we were trying to get for a year that finally said yes. And you have to look at the little wins. Right. The little wins are what keep you going. Because, yeah, there's some days that I'm like, oh, my God, what are we doing? Ah, da, da. And you, go, you get in your head like that, which is a very negative cycle. Yeah. And it's you bringing it on. It's like all your perception. But you kind of need to embrace that and say, okay, I'm having a bad day. I'm feeling crappy myself. And just live through it yeah. instead of act like it's not there. We have to recognize it. And that's what most people don't do. They don't recognize it like from the outside looking in. Like, yeah. oh, you're having a bad day. Relax. Some people, you just. Or just vent. Like, I'm like, I'm having a bad day. Things are shitty. I just like <laughs> vent it all out. And then the next day, I'm like, I'm going to wake up tomorrow morning and just get over and it. apologize to people. Yeah. Okay, no, no, no apologies. <laughs> I'm sorry. I had a bad day again yesterday, Anthony. Did, did you then, ever, yeah. uh, sorry. No. Uh, did you ever like take a step back and just, you know, like kind of take a break from. You know, like, did you ever get so burned out that you were just kind of took a couple of days off? Or? Yeah, I always, I, the weekends are important. Definitely there are weekends that I sleep like I'm a teenager till like 1 p.m. <laughs> Although this day and age, like these days, I swear, the weekends, I would just be like, yeah, weekend, Saturday, Sunday. And now I'm starting to work on my weekends. But I just think we're in a time and place, like I'm pumped right now. So mm-hmm. I, I'm just acknowledging that this is a time of super growth, hyper growth and building. And this is just not that time right now. And I think, yeah, you need to acknowledge when the time, when you have the time to like, oh, the vacation time and the hanging out time. And every entrepreneur goes like goes through that, I feel, because I see friends that built and then sold and now are at, onto a new time of their life and they go through that for a few months where they're now relaxing and hanging out and vacationing and then they get the bug again or maybe they don't or maybe they want right. to be an angel. I mean, it's just everyone has their different cycles and you can't, be too hard on yourself for what you're going through. Like, I think I've got, I'm over the time where people would be like, is there anything other than work you care about? I'm like, oh, come on. Are we really going to have that conversation again? Yeah, and, like, and, and even in that vein, right? It, you know, I look at the idea of balance, right? When you, when you talk about the sort of cycle of the entrepreneur and like, oh, you go through your period where you're like, it's vacation time and you have more downtime. And then you go through a period where it's around the clock, you know, working on your, on your stuff. Um, and you have to be pumped by that. Like, if at a certain point you're you exactly. basically say to yourself like this sucks and I'm actually really not happy, yeah, then you have to stop. But if you are pumped, like excited by it, then why stop? Like, this is your time to continue. Well, it's different when like if somebody has a family, right? If, yeah, that's if, the thing is I also don't have kids and I'm not married. <laughs> Let's acknowledge that. And I'm and I know that's like I am now in that cycle, and in the next ten years that will happen. So I'm right. taking advantage of this time. To right. be, and, and hopefully I'll be that person where it's like that modern day mom, and I'm bringing like my kids. Even though, there's, even though there's mom. three studs here, <laughs> uh. <laughs> modern day, like in terms of having like a room for my kids to hang out in my office, and nice. I want to uh, like be like that Angelina Jolie. No. <laughs> you want to adopt kid, little black kids? No, from all okay, exactly. All over the world? How do you get a black kid from China? How did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> they don't even yeah, the hybrid kids. They have those <laughs> the hybrid kids. Right little cyborg babies. <laughs> <laughs> so. I just think there's a time and place for everything. And I listen, I go on vacation and now because, you know, you, I have a few more resources and not like I'm sh- necessarily struggling. Like on the weekends, you could take those two days and if friends have a something close by, I could do that for the weekend. I mean, for me, it's like, trust me, my life is not that bad. Like, but some people will look at that grind and be like, my life is horrible. And then they'll see their families and the traditional aspect of it and they'll miss that. But then if they do, then I tell people that this is just not for you. It's not a good or bad thing. Uh, You need to be in it to win it or not. And 
And that's that. <laughs> it seems like you guys have a pretty good team. Like it's great. I mean, it's been that's been a learning curve too. Yeah, I was gonna, uh, overseeing a team. I was going to ask, like, how do you go about putting <laughs> you just together? Roll your eyes well, they're like, just it's just it's been such an experience because you put so much of yourself and your blood, sweat, and tears, and then you know, I had never really had a team or or I didn't. I've never overseen employees, and that's been a huge learning curve in terms of how do you keep people feeling motivated, finding the right people. Because when you're in this mode where it's like, go, 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 go. And we're creating as we're building. It's not like we had this like development process or we were working on our beta of a year right. or a few months. We like literally jumped out of the plane. We were building our parachute as we we're going down. Right. And it's hard, you know, to be in an environment like that. If you're someone that's, that it doesn't get entrepreneurship, you know, as as an employee, as a team member. And in LA, I also think because we're not in the startup mentality, we're getting there because of yeah. the makers and the full screens and this convergence of tech and entertainment. So they kind of get that that next level company. It's not a cushy job yeah. anymore. It's not like a studio job. Um, or the idea of like wearing many hats, right? Like, oh, you hired me to do X, now you're asking me to do Y and Z. Yeah, it's yeah. like being malleable and in the end, like working as a team and saying, like, obviously, I don't want to do all of these jobs, but I'm doing it because I need to do it because this is what we need to do today to get to tomorrow right. and to execute and get to a, a certain result and an end goal. And so it's about finding those right people. And then you realize, like, we, we had kept some people on board when we started that probably we should have let go. Right. A, a while earlier, but you you always think, oh, maybe it's me as a leader. Am I being a bad leader? And then you realize as you continue, like some things are just not the right fit, and let's not waste anyone's time. Yeah. And you get a bit in a bit more of a. It's like it is cut and dry. Like there's no point of having if you have a bad apple in a, in yeah. a room. As much as everyone's motivated and smart, it will ruin the dynamic and vibe of the whole group. It's like Moneyball. Remember <laughs> Moneyball? You had to fire. The, the, oh, yeah. He's like, you just shoot him between the eyes, basically, with the you know, with the, the separation. Yeah, and it's also your job is to make my job easier. Like a lot of times, I also notice like employees, and I hate saying employees because I would like to look at everyone. Team members. Team members. <laughs> there's also a lack of from em- my McDonald's days. You know what it is? There's a lack of empathy sometimes, where they think literally that what they're doing for you or your interaction is like the only thing happening. Right. Of your and they don't realize like if you're snappy or you're this or that having a bad day has nothing to do with them. Right. There's so much more going on in this scenario. Like they don't realize whether it be like we're in the middle of like talks to raise money or brand deals, this yeah. that, and the stress and deadlines. And then I have someone who's dealing with uh, one task that is part of a bigger domino effect of tasks. Yeah. But you know if I'm snappy or this that, like it has nothing. It's not personal. Well, how well like how well do you feel like the two way communication is right? Like I worked at a company, um, a YouTube network that tripled in size over yeah. the course of a year, like went from 70 people to 230 plus. Um, nobody knew what was going on, right? You didn't know who to talk to the next day. You didn't know. It's hard when you're growing that fast because there's not a lot of leaders around. And some people know their responsibilities and they'll be very specific to that and they won't, and they're just going to look out for their job or what they're doing. And there's a lot of disconnects because of that, a lot of things that fall through the cracks. Yeah, it's hard when you build that quickly. 
And these are also new types of companies, companies, new models. Yeah. A lot of the, also the founders have never been founders of any companies before. So this is their first rodeo too. Or haven't been like CEO. Like you haven't <laughs> CEOs. been. CEOs. Right. They've never even, they were probably someone's employer maybe like worked as an assistant and then suddenly stumbled on the fact that they have like a gigantic company. Yeah, exactly. I just stepped on gold. Wait. Or, <laughs> or maybe they were just doing something on their own for a year and then grew a little, it was like their, them and their friends. Right. And now they're dealing with strangers that, you know, they're growing a team with people they don't know. And then they're used to like a family of friends, which is a whole different thing than dealing, like hiring out other people outside your group of friends. Right. So it is interesting to see. I mean, we're, we're around that too. All our I friends, friends are building. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it's like, it's so good to hire your no friends. Marsh. <laughs> so, Marsh visiting from New York. You want to say hi? Oh, welcome. Hi. hi and I just realized the word I was looking for is struggle. I'd never struggle. Oh, it's such a sorry. Hard it was a bit of a, a bit of a, 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 a struggle a to find brain fart because <laughs> I need some caffeine. It's been a long oh, week. I literally oh. was. I I came from you know CES the first weekend of January. Then I was at Sundance last weekend, and then I came back each week. I came back for a few days to work with our team, and, and then here. I'm going to Miami tonight for NatPe, oh, and then wow. I come back. So yeah, it's been a bit of different time zones, different climates yes. and all that. Do you get international traveling? I went to London recently for during the YouTube Music Awards. Ooh. I haven't as much. I would like to. I mean, I am Canadian, so I go to Canada a lot. Right. Um, so let's really quickly, like, just give us some stats, right? For the audience that may have not somehow seen what's trending, yeah. like, what what are we talking about in terms of viewership and demo so, and all that, and all that um, good stuff? YouTube.com slash what's trending, what's trending.com. On YouTube, we, we're like at like 2 million views a month. I mean, we do videos daily and not all of them. It's not like a, vi- a viral video a week right. because we're a feed. So it's a bit, we're providing a different. Uh, value right. to the community than necessarily working on like one music video parody that gets like a million views like once every 10 days or something. Um, but we are growing to do many more creative things. Like we did this Tom Brady video the other week that got picked up by Deadspin and all these places. And so I think we're finding the balance of being a daily news feed and having a daily presence in people's lives, but yet stepping back and having a team that could work on like super creative one-off video projects. So that's always been our balance because of the resources and the small team we had, you know, whereas we're put up against huge companies, like we're compared to a vice or a, you know, a source fed and source fed still is obviously young and like Phil DeFranc was like super young who heads it up. However, they still had like a really big team and we were always, you know, being compared to these groups of, or companies that are like just so much bigger than us, which is the beauty of being right. in the space right now. But legitimately, you know, you can't necessarily create on the same level all the right. time. Um, and then across all the other properties we syndicate to Virgin America, iHeartRadio, USA Today, Huffington Post, Outcast Networks, you could say it's like 20 million impressions a month. And then, you know, Can our socials like over too? a million, 20, 20 million. million. <laughs> Go ahead, Robert. She got my business partner, Damon. No, He's okay. much more straightforward <laughs> and to the point than I am. I know. I like Damon. Damon's a fun guy. He's much more heart, like, don't mess with him. He's very, you know, goes by the script. I'm the one that's the hippie dippy one yes. that uses their hands a lot. And bangs and on the sing, table during and is, Oh, and I have rings. And, <laughs> and I'm very sing-songy. Uh, Would you but, like to sing a song? No, sing-songy in the way oh, I okay. speak. That's what I meant. Um, but then... And we are, you know, we're going to be growing. We're going to be adding a lot more uh, external distribution outside of YouTube, some traditional networks. Um, there will be TV in 2014 on Sweet. the table. Um, 
relaunching our .com, the app to it. Like, I mean, it's all across the board. Finally, 2014 is our year. Like, we built a great foundation and the credibility and respect. And now it's, you know, the world are, yeah. Everybody will know what's oyster. trending. Yeah. yeah, I mean, everyone will know what's trending. And you'll see us in different places you never saw us before. And um, doing what we do best, which is, you know, curation, influencer, programming, um, the cool factor. Cool you know, factor. Cool and big and, and, and growing a real brand. You know, everyone looked at it as a show. Right. I think. And now we're really going to prove that it is like like a vice, like a brand that yeah. um, we can build upon. And what's showing live is like the flagship show, like the TRL within that. Yes. It looks great. Um as you kind of take in this conversation, yeah, breathe yeah. Hey. I know, and I didn't breathe a lot just now. So. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, yeah, but I was just talking. I like, you know, what sucks is for video, you could actually. I feel like you don't, you know, you hear things in video, but it's not the same. You're kind of distracted by the visuals in a podcast scenario. And I'm aware of this. I feel like I say things. I'm like, this does not make sense. And you're like, it's, people are more aware of it because it's a podcast. They, they don't so I apologize. <laughs> it's only like 11 people listen. So you yeah. don't, oh, but there are 11 really fun. important people. <laughs> who knows who those 11 people are? I'm, I'm thinking of you, 11 people. But there you go. You guys all feel great? It's hard. I actually looked into the microphone. Should that, be that was special. <laughs> yeah. It's a dark hole of your microphone. Exactly. With tears. Um, I want you to complete a phrase for me, please. Uh, oh, no. Does this involve the English language? <laughs> yeah, I wonder how, how do I say this in, in uh, Canuck? Um, finish this phrase. Innovation to me is a... Innovation to me is trial and error and believing in things that have never been done before and making them happen. I like it. Pushing yeah. boundaries. What else can I say? No, that, I mean, you can continue if you like, but that was awesome. <laughs> Finding the gaps and filling them. Yes. That's, I, that's what I told my dentist. <laughs> um, so I want to thank you for joining us today. You know, thank you. Do you have any questions for Robert? Robert wears bullet necklaces and, oh. and all kinds of A lot of, of silver going on exactly. here, a lot of jewelry. I'm, I'm impressed by his heavy frappuccino that's basically like a meal. <laughs> yeah, Thank you. It, it's, uh, it's looks like it was my meal. Do you, oh, <laughs> oh. oh, you're so, you need something more, something. I know. Almost looks like just a cup of soil. It's really just whipped cream. There's nothing. Wow. Yeah. That's very, uh, very fan. nutritious. You know, there was a blog post about all the crazy frappuccinos that no one knows about that are off the menu. Oh. Like crazy, really, really obviously unhealthy. Oh, you like, like, like a, like pecan pie, frappuccino. I don't know. Some crazy stuff that you didn't even know they made. Like Google it, frappuccino not on the menu or something like that. Uh, uh, Off yeah. menu frappuccino and you'll find this blog post. It was really incredible. Does anybody know how to spell frappuccino? Come on. All right, Google. <laughs> Google the spelling of frappuccino. Uh, how can people get in touch with you or find you in the social webs? Aside yeah, from I'm the- at Shira Lazar on Twitter and Facebook and Google Plus all across the board, Shira Lazar. Instagram as well <laughs> and uh, what's trending.com youtube.com slash what's trending subscribe to our newsletter subscribe to us on YouTube check us out get in touch with me if you're inspired or if you want to do stuff together this was really inspirational like, I'm willing I'm, yeah, I'm to listen in here even though I forgot the word struggled that was like a key word Tony Robbins would have been mad it's all about struggle <laughs> one last question for you Sure. Uh, name your favorite quote oh I do have a favorite quote mm. yes Spend less time being interesting and more time being interested in people and the world. Boom! Mm. 
Boom. All right, everybody. Thank you for <laughs> tuning in to another episode of Innovation Crush. And we will talk to you next time. If you like listening to comedy, try watching it on the internet. The folks behind the Sideshow Network have launched a new YouTube channel called Wait For It. It's got interviews with comedians like Reggie Watts, Todd Glass, Liza Schleichinger, Schleichinger, I've been friends with her for 10 years, one of the funniest people out there, and I still have a hard time with the last name, Liza. Our very own Owen Benjamin, that's me, takes you on a musical journey down internet rabbit holes and much more. You don't have to wait any longer. Just go to youtube.com slash waitforitcomedy. There's no need to wait for it anymore because it's here and it's funny. And I love you. A few days ago, Brooke Tudine posted an inspirational quote on her wall that got 17 likes and three comments. Thumbs up, Brooke. Geico also wants to make a comment. In just 15 minutes, you could save hundreds of dollars on your car insurance by switching to Geico. And nothing says inspiration better than saving money. Well, except for those posters that say things like teamwork, excellence, and make it happen. Hashtag keep climbing. Hashtag savings. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance.